come up to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and we'll continue our study here. We're making our way through the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and uh, <clears throat> this chapter is just full of so much stuff. I mean, every chapter, Luke actually, I don't know if you notice in his chapters, is really long, <laughs> but we're going to take it piece by piece and take our time as we go through this gospel. And so tonight we return to Luke chapter 6, and uh, we're going to be going over verse 27 through 36 tonight. But let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Lord God, um, just as uh, we've been singing and praying to you, even as Zach prayed, God, Lord, we are so grateful because of your love, God, we are here. Because of your love, God, we, we are able to live, God, and it's only you. And as we've been worshiping, God, I just sent your presence and your spirit moving. And I know you want to speak to us. So with open hearts, we come to you, Lord. We open our Bibles, God. And we ask that you would open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying tonight, Lord. And let us be real with you, God. Let us receive what you want us to receive. But let us be transformed by it, God, and begin to live for you more and more and in a deeper way. So bless this time, God. Anoint it with your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. One time, Ziggy, our cat, uh, was being chased by, I think it was about three or four dogs. Our neighbors had these small dogs, you know. And the, the, these dogs, they live right next door, and these dogs were chasing the, our, our cat. And, and, and he was running, and dogs were chasing. And then when they, they got to the end of the yard, all of a sudden Ziggy turned around, and the dogs turned around, and Ziggy chased the dogs. And then when they got to the other end of the yard, then they all flipped around again, and the dogs were chasing Ziggy. And they were like playing. And it was, it was, it was a very unusual thing, you know, that, that happened. And it seems, I was thinking about that because, you know, normally you would think that, you know, dog, cat, they, they're enemies, right? But these guys are having fun playing around and playing in the backyard in that way. And, well, that's not what you normally see with cats and dogs playing like that. But, you know, it made me think about that because tonight, as Jesus continues to teach here, he says something very unusual. And you know what he calls us to do? To love your enemies. To love your enemies. And that's the title of our message tonight. Love your enemies. And as I mentioned, we're going to be studying Luke chapter 6 from verse 27 through 36. And Jesus is going to give us basically three things in our heading here. And that's, number one, a different attitude he wants us to have. Number two, a different response. And number three, a different likeness. So if you're taking notes, you can follow along on the screen. But let's begin here with number one, a different attitude. And he wants us to love your enemies or love our enemies, but we need a different attitude with that. So take a look with me here now. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. He says here, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Now, Jesus begins here by saying, hey, but I say to you guys who are listening, who are here right now. Remember last time we went through the Beatitudes, the ones that Luke had written down here. And in those Beatitudes, we saw four positive Beatitudes, if we remember. Blessed are they, right? 
all that. And then the opposite, contrasting way, we saw four negative woes, right? For those who don't do the Beatitudes or are caught up in this world and all that. So after talking about the woes now, Jesus says, but, hey, I say to you guys who are really listening now, let me tell you something. So he continues to teach about kingdom things. He continues to teach about our heart and our attitude. So as he goes on, he's like, okay, but you guys are really listening, you know, who really hear? Let me tell you something. Love your enemies. Now, the word love here is the word agapao or agape. And we understand that word, right? Most of the time, almost all the time, you see the word love in the New Testament. It is that word agape or a different form of that verb or word uh, agapao. But it means unconditional love. And we understand that, right? It means to love undeservedly. You, you, you give that love even if the person doesn't deserve it, right? It's, it's a love that, that you just give. It, it, someone doesn't have to do something for them to receive that. Uh, you, it's this unconditional giving love. It's a love that's you know not based on like, well, I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me. It's not like that. But it's the pure love of God. And remember, understand, it was really Christians. It was really the New Testament that really began to use this word love in the Greek world. They didn't really use that a lot. But because it described God's love so much and what how he wanted to love each other, you see it all the time now in the Bible. So agape love, that unconditional love. So that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying agape your enemies. Give unconditional love to your enemies. Give that pure love of God, the, the, the love that just gives to give, that's all, to your enemies. So if you understand what Jesus is doing here, and this is an incredible thing for him to say, he, Jesus moves the limits of love, moves the borders of love on, on really who you should love, who you should give your love to. So he's expanding those borders here. Now, I say that because this kind of teaching, for Jesus to say, love your enemies, this was like revolutionary. It was never said like that before. This was a radical statement from the Son of God here. You see, back then the Jewish thinking was, you know, it's okay to hate your enemies. Because, well, these, you know, those people who are against the Jews, who is against God, who is against the Jewish nation, like the Romans or the Gentiles, you know, they weren't really with God. So they felt like it's okay to hate those guys. They were the enemies of God. They're our enemies. So it's all right. We're justified in hating our enemies. You see, for centuries, the rabbis interpreted Leviticus 19.18, which says, love your neighbor as yourself. It, to them, they interpret it this way. Amen. Oh, love your fellow Jew, but hate your enemy. So to them, it's okay to hate. But here is Jesus Christ. The Son of God came down to this earth, right? Born a man as we celebrate Christmas. He came to teach what God really meant in that scripture, even way back in Leviticus 19. And right here, as he's teaching the people, he's revealing what God heart really is on this and he's clearing up any confusion of Leviticus 19 or anything so he's saying love your enemies and so he's saying that that should be what we're doing that should be our attitude so rather hating your enemy Jesus said here's 
Let me explain more. Love your enemies. Here's the attitude to have. So he goes on here, right, in verse 27. He says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So don't return, you know, their, their hate. Don't return what they do, you know, with hate. Do good. Do good to them. Do good to the enemies. And then he says here in verse 27 or 28, bless those who curse you. You know what that means? That means to speak well. Say good things, even though these other people say evil things about you. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, our, our natural inclination, oh, you say something about me? Well, let me tell you about you, right? But Jesus saying, no, you know what? Speak good about, do good. Bless those who curse you. Give them a blessing. One translation actually put, put it this way. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. I thought, oh, wow. That, that's a good one. That's a good way to put it. And then he says, I like this, pray for those who abuse you. I like the ESV really hits it on the head of what the Greek is saying. Pray for those who abuse you. I mean, pray for those who mistreat you, who hurt you, take advantage of you. Now, the normal attitude it probably is to, God, I pray you wipe them out. Look what they did to me. Look what they're doing to me, Right? But God is saying, no, pray for those. Pray in a good way. Pray for them. Bless them. So Jesus is saying that God's heart is for you to change, to have a different attitude, a different thinking, a different approach on all of this when it comes to your enemies. And it starts right there with love your enemies. And that's not natural for us, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're humanly, fleshly. Nah, if something happens, what's a, how we react? You know? Oh, we, we get back, right? We do the comeback. If they say something about us, oh, I'll give you a comeback with my words. I'll, I'll cut you with my mouth. That, that's our natural reaction. But Jesus comes and says, no, that's not what God wants you to do. Yeah? He wants you to love your enemies. Do good. Bless those who curse you. Pray for the ones who abuse you. You know, Chris and I have been watching little by little. I don't know, little by little, we just kind of got into, you know, on the Disney Disney app, um, they have all the Marvel, you know, movies and stuff, you know, all of them. And I, I, I was looking online, like, how, how do they really go in order? But actually on the Disney app, they have the cinematic timeline. In other words, how within the movie how it's supposed to go timeline-wise, you know, through the years and stuff that they portray. And, and so we've been kind of working our way through that. And it's entertaining. It's kind of fun. There's some funny parts and stuff. And, and, and you know, what, what we, we like about those movies, you know, the Avengers and stuff, is that I, you, you like at the end, the bad guy gets it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you know, the guy who's been abusing them, the one who's trying to take over the world and killing people and doing bad things. And you want them to go down. You, you want them, you know, in the end, the good guys to win and, 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 and all the wrong is avenged, right? Makes you feel good. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you must be careful when you watch those things. You've got to be careful that you're not influenced in real life to take some action that you should not be doing. That's what we got to be careful about. That, I think we like that feeling of avenge and revenge and, yeah, getting back and you feel justice is done and all, all that. But we have to be careful that in real life, we don't take the, that into our own hands, right? Jesus is calling us 
to a different attitude, to change to a supernatural attitude. And you know what that is? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. So have a different attitude, and that's the point really. Love your enemies, don't hate them. Love your enemies, don't hate them. Uh, turn over to First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Peter writes, going along, really, go, it goes along with what Luke records here, with what Jesus is saying. And why not? Peter was right there listening in, being taught this. So First Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for this for to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. You guys, I want you to focus in that word. To this you are called. You and I are called to love our enemies. This is our like our mission. This is like who we need to be. This is what God is growing us to be. And I know that's hard. I know maybe there's situations you're in or facing that that's really difficult. You may be angry. You may be hurt. You may be struggling in this area to love this person and this enemy. Someone who day after day maybe or month after month come back at you and are doing things that, that just, just keep hurting that wound. You know? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's like the wound don't heal. It doesn't heal. And, and they, every day they come back and they touch that wound. You're like, ah, ah, and doesn't, doesn't heal in that way. But that enemy, that one who's doing this, God is saying, calling you. Love your enemies. Do good. Huh? Bless those. Pray for those who abuse you. And that's important. I, I read about this pastor who was ousted from his position because he had offended a church leader. And this church leader had a lot, a lot of strong influence with the board and everything. And so the pastor actually got demoted or kicked out. And so the pastor, of course, got super angry, full of bitterness and hate. But then he was actually studying, you could go back to Luke, but he was studying this passage here, what Jesus was saying. So... He, 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 he started to think about it. And when he went to sleep, he couldn't sleep because he kept thinking about what Jesus was calling him to do. So he writes this. He wrote, So with clenched fist and gritting, grinding teeth, I started to pray for this church leader. He just started to pray for him. Then, he writes, The strangest things began to happen. I discovered that you can't pray for somebody and go on hating him. And this is what he said, your hatred turns to tolerance, your tolerance turns to understanding, your understanding to compassion, your compassion to forgiveness, and your forgiveness to love. Then he says, no, we never did become great friends, but that wasn't my fault. I had forgiven him. He was no longer my enemy. Don't you love that? You go to God and you're with God. God starts to change your heart. You go to God and you start praying for this person and obeying what God wants you to do. You know what? God empowers you. God gives you the ability like we've been talking about even on Sundays, right? He, he gives you. The Holy Spirit is there to change you, to help you grow, to sanctify you, to transform you. So as you're obeying what Jesus said, God's right there 
helping you to reach this goal here, to reach what He's calling you to do, to be that person, to love your enemies and not hate them. And so in all of this that He's saying, if you're struggling, if you get this enemy, if, if you're like, oh, keep sitting that wound, you know what? Go to God. Pray for that person. God can heal your wound. So whatever He does, it doesn't hurt anymore. God can help you then to tolerate Him. I like that, that pro- process, right? This progression. Uh, tolerance. He'll give you tolerance and then understanding. Yeah? And, you know, a lot of times I think, okay, this guy doesn't know the Lord, you know, or this guy's not strong in God, so he's doing these things, and God's still working on him, and so I got to understand that. And then that turns to compassion, where you care for this person. Like, you know what? Jesus died for that person, too. And, and he's lost. And he's doing this because he's in the flesh. He's in sin, and so I need to have compassion. He doesn't know what he'd do, right? And that compassion then turned to forgive, right? Like Jesus on the cross. Forgive them because they know not what they're doing. And then that forgiveness will move into this agape. Where even though they don't do anything for you, they, they give you the worst. But you can still give love because God's love is flowing through. So Jesus says, love your enemies. Have a different attitude when all this happens. Let's go to number two, a different response. A different response. Now we're going to cover verse 29 through 31, but let's take a look first at verse 29 and 30. Jesus goes on and he's kind of giving some examples here. And he says, To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. Also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. So as we look at these verses, Jesus is like, Now, do this. And, and I don't know about you reading this right away, you think, well, this isn't normally how we handle things, right? So Jesus comes in with some practical examples here. And basically the first one is we've heard it, turn the other cheek, right, is the term. So if someone strikes you on their cheek, you know, turn the other cheek, offer the other one too. Let him hit the other cheek. And you've got to understand back then in Jewish times, to slap someone in the cheek, oh, that is insulting. It's degrading. You know, it's putting you down. And then you say, you know what, don't slap them back. You know, like, you know, and I was picturing, but you know what? Offer the other side. Be humble about that. And then he says, uh, from one who takes away your cloak, which is like your coat, do not withhold your tunic like your shirt. You know, that would be more like in, in our day. So Matthew 5, actually, in the parallel uh, or I would say in another instance, possibly when Jesus taught the Beatitudes and Matthew records it. Matthew talks about someone who sued you and took your coat. Jesus saying, well, you know what? If they sued you, took your coat, well, give them their sh- shirt too. Give them more than expect- expected. You know what? For the sake of love. Turn your cheek for the sake of love. Give them more than expected for the sake of love. And then give to everyone, verse 30, everyone who begs from you. Like if someone comes asking you, like, oh, I need help or I need something, be generous, not stingy, for the sake of love, give. And then he says, um, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. So even if someone takes away, they could steal it even, your things, don't demand it back. Just for the sake of love, let them have it. 
The short, okay, you, you know, okay, you, you have it, you have it. So you see, Jesus calls us to a different response here, totally different than what we would think we should do. A different response to situations that usually those situations will result in, oh yeah, anger, oh yeah, maybe fists, oh yeah, doing some aggressive things, oh yeah, you know, hate. Jesus is, you know, let's make a different response for the sake of love. You know, Kristen and I would teach our babies to say words like please or thank you, you know, when, when they were growing up, our kids are adult kids, children are adult children now. But we teach them like please sign language or thank you. or And of course, the important one, right? Say Jesus, right? You know, when they're small, say Jesus, that kind of thing. But it's funny how there's one word they don't have to teach them and it just comes out naturally. We never had to teach our toddlers the word mine, right? Mine, mine. Oh, you know, some other, some other baby toddler take their toy. Mine, mine, you know, right? I mean, you parents understand that, what, right? Well, you know what? We grown-ups even could be like toddlers. And we act like toddlers. Like, what? Mine? What? You, you can't do that. What? Mine, right? But Jesus wants us to have a different response. And then look at verse 31. He says, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is commonly called the golden rule, right? It's, it's, it's really known as, um, like I think taken from the old King James, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. That's how we normally say it. Uh, but here we say uh, in this way, oh, what you wish that others would do to you, you do that to them. So that's the golden rule. And Jesus really puts in our minds that we should treat others basically in the same kindness, consideration, uh, as, it, as we would like to be treated. Right? So it, we, we want to think about things that way. But I want you to understand when Jesus says this, he actually puts what's been said in a positive compared to the world, the world's more negative, in a powerful way. Let me, let me explain. Um, I think we have this on the screen, but Socrates, he said, whatever is displeasing to you, don't do that to others. Aristotle said, what you don't want done to you, don't do it to others. You hear the negative side of that? Confucius said, don't do to men what you don't want done to you. And then even one of the Jewish guys, a, fa- a famous Rabbi Hillel, said, whatever angers you when you suffer it at the hands of others, do not do it to others. This is the whole law. So that's kind of the worldly approach. But these are all negative. And, and, and think about it this way. It may be possible not to realitate, re- uh, retaliate, to hold yourself back. But you know what's harder? To do the good when they're being bad. Right? That's what's harder. To take the initiative to love first. So think of it that way. When you think of the, the golden rule, think about loving first, loving your enemies first. Think about you taking that initiative that you're the one who's doing unto others as you would like them to do to you. Even when they're bad at you, when bad toward you, even when they're the enemy and doing things toward you. 
So what Jesus is, says is on the positive way, which is actually more hard, but it's more powerful when you step in and you love first. So he's saying have a different response. Do the opposite and dare to love first. So whenever you hear the golden rule, think about it that way. That's what Jesus was putting out there. He first said, love your enemy. So we, he's already talking about, oh, our enemy. Our enemy's coming against us. Our enemy who's constantly doing things at us. But now he says, hey, you know what? Do unto him that, like you would want him to do to you. It's not waiting for him, but it's you taking that initiative and doing the good first. And that's why what Jesus said is much more powerful when you take the step. You do the opposite and dare to love first. You know, in a little village going along with this in Africa, explorers found the people had defined evil this way. Evil is when somebody steals my wife and my cattle. That's evil to them. But they define good this way. Uh, good is when I steal somebody else's wife and cattle first. I was like, that's crazy, right? Oh, I get to that, you know, them before they get to me kind of thing. You could say that was their golden rule. Do unto others before they do it unto you. But you know what? Jesus is calling us to do the opposite, to dare to love first, to do the good first, to make the first step, to be the one who is tolerant, to be the one who, who is understanding, to be the one who has compassion, to be the one who is forgiving, to be the one who loves their enemy first. That's the response. It's almost not a response. It's like you're, 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 you're responding in a whole different way, I guess. So, love your enemies, a different attitude, a different response. And number three, a different likeness. A different likeness. So, this is the rest of our section, 32 through 36. And look at verse 32. It says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend, lend to sinners to get back the same amount. We'll stop there. Okay, so Jesus shows how believers are to be different from the world. That's what he's really presenting here. He's saying, you know, if you only love those who love you, then what benefit? What, how is that different? How is that going to really show anything different, right? And he, he says, what is that to you? Before sinners do the same thing, or we unbelievers do the same thing, right? So basically, you're just doing the same thing the world's, or the world is doing. And if you do good to those who do good to you, if someone's nice to you, and, and so you're going to be nice back, same thing. What's, what's the difference there? What benefit is that? For even unbelievers, sinners do the same thing. In verse 34, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, like someone borrows from you, what credit is to you even sinners lend to sinners to get the same amount back? So believers can lend and say, no, it's okay, you keep it. Yeah? Especially when in this context of enemies, right? Maybe you lend to someone and they become an become a enemy. How about those situations, right? You lend to someone, oh yeah, I'll pay you back. But they never pay you back. And then what happens? Oh, that starts boiling. Wait, you never pay me back. What? How about me? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll pay you back. And they drag their feet, you know. Jesus saying, let them, let it go. 
Let, let them have it. You know, the world is like, okay, I'm coming after you. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to sit down about this, you know. But Jesus said, what is that? that? That's what the world does. I remember someone in, in this church lent a, a lot of money, like thousands, thousand dollars to someone. He said, oh yeah, I'll pay it back. And it was out of his heart. He felt like the Lord wanted to do that. Never paid him back. But you know, he, let, he just let it go. And I think it was, it was only recently, which I don't know, it was like 10 years or more, the guy came back and felt convicted and paid him back. Yeah. God took care of it. But that's, that, that's the difference. That's that attitude, you know, to have. Jesus basically saying, if you do the same as the world, what makes you different from the unbelievers? What, what really makes you different? Turn over to uh, John 13. John. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the next gospel. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 13. Chapter 13. Verse 35. John 13, 35. It says here, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. How? If you have love for one another. That's the difference. If you have agape for one another. That's the difference difference the world's love is conditional right but we have we've been called to love unconditionally with agape back to luke chapter 6 so verse 35 jesus goes on says but love your enemies and do good and lend so everything he he talked about he's saying you know what uh What's the difference if you're, you, you're just loving like the world? But you know what? Love your enemies. Agape your enemies and do that good. Lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And I love that because, you know what? God sees it. And what is this reward? It could be monetary. It could be just blessing on your life. It could be a reward saved up for us in, in heaven, our treasures in heaven. But whatever that is, God sees it and He's going to see what you're doing and He's going to bless you for the fact that, you know what? You're going to love your enemies and obey the Lord. And then verse 35, And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Isn't that amazing? So now in the opposite way, right? If you love your enemies, if you do these things he's calling us to do, and you're totally different from the world, you will have a different likeness. You will be sons or children of the Most High God. You'll be doing like how God is. For God is kind to the ungrateful. God is kind to the evil. Think about it. God still blesses people in the world, right? He still provides for people in the world. He still provides for those who are not saved. I mean, I saw my own lifetime before my parents came to the Lord. They, they didn't have a lot, but God blessed them and provided for them. They got through hard times. That, that, that's only the Lord. You know, God in His grace and, and helping them out. I think it was um, in a psalm, right? It, uh, the psalmist was talking about, hey, God still makes the sun shine down upon people, yeah? Even though they're not following Him, even they're ungrateful, even if they're evil, 
God still makes the sun come up and shine and give us another day of life, right? We know that in Romans 5, 8, right? For love, Jesus died for us while we were, what? Still sinners. He didn't wait for us to do good to die for us. We were in the midst of our sin. And we know in Romans 5, 10, it says, And Jesus died for us even when we were enemies of God. Why were we enemies? Because we were sinners. We were rebelling against God. We didn't care about God's things. Yet Jesus still loved us. So Jesus is saying believers are not like the world anymore. We show that we belong to God now. We're sons of the Most High. When we live like this, when we love like this, when we do good like this, when we pray for those who abuse us, when we continue to be understanding, compassionate, forgiving, tolerating... We're showing that we belong to a God who is that way to all of us. That's what it's saying here. Alfred Plummer wrote this, and I love this. This is one of my favorite quotes, too. It should be up on the screen. But he says, To return evil for, evil for good is human. To return good for evil is devilish. To return good... Wait, did I do that right? Oh, okay. I did it wrong. To return good for good is human. To return good for evil is devilish. To return evil... Wait, is that right? For good is divine. No, it's the other way. To return good for evil is divine. Right? Yeah. That's okay. We're, we're, you can forgive us, right? <laughs> we're not here anymore. But you get it, right? Humanly, we do good for good, right? Satan, well, whatever good, he, he'll, 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 he'll give us evil, right? But God, he returns good for any evil done. And, and when we do the same thing, we're showing we belong to God. And then he ends with this in verse 36, which goes along with all of this. He says in verse 36, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So that's what we're talking about. God giving grace. God being merciful upon us. Giving mercy. And really it comes down to that. As the Heavenly Father gives us mercy, we are to give mercy to other people. I mean, do we, are we perfect? Have we treated God rightly? Haven't we done things to, to, like we're almost acting like an enemy toward God and not obeying, not listening to Him? Liking our sin, you know, being rebellious again. Oh, God, I don't, I don't care about you, right? Yet God is so merciful toward us. God gives us grace. And, and if he does that, that's what I think about a lot. If he does that for me, shouldn't I do that for this enemy, for this other person? I've been given so much grace and mercy. I don't, I don't deserve it. But does this other person deserve my mercy? Or does this person deserve my hate? You know? No. She give him mercy. Yeah. She give him mercy just that we, we receive. You know, you have to think about when Jesus said this, that be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Understand he was contrasting the religious leaders 
the Pharisee guys at that time, you know, they're so into themselves and they're so high makamaka kind of stuff and they look down on people, judging, criticizing people. And he's going to talk about that in this next section. And he's like, you guys are sinners. God doesn't like you. You're not favored of God. You're sin-, you know, all this stuff. So this was radical when Jesus said, hey, be merciful. It's almost like you say, not like these guys. Be merciful because your heavenly father is merciful. So have a different likeness. That's what Jesus is saying. Not like the world. Don't be like that. But give love and mercy like how God gives. That's what it is. Give love and mercy like how God gives. You know, last Sunday, um, Pastor Stephen brought this big box of pasta. Did you guys get, get some? Did you, did you grab some? If you need more. Hey, you should bring some more because we, we had actually spaghetti that night. It was perfect. <laughs> it was ono too. And so, yeah, you, you made some Joel, yeah? Joel took like three or four, yeah? Ooh, right on. Bring some more. But, you know, he, he, right, he brought that box of pasta. What You told me um, like 300 pounds were donated, right? Halimoko and all. And, and not, they're not going to eat it all. And Stephen's not going to eat it all. Or maybe he might. But anyway, he brought it here, right? And someone had given it to donate and bless others, right? So Stephen brings it here. He got blessed. To bring, and he brought it here to bless others. Well, I was thinking that, that that's what we do sometimes, right? Someone might give you something, abundance of things, and what do you do? Oh, well, I don't need them all. Or, you know what I like to do is, I like donate this to someone else. Yeah? Someone donate to me, I like give it to someone else. And, and, and we give out in that, in that way. And perhaps maybe the Lord even bless someone with plenty because he wants to use that person to bless someone else with what they were blessed with, right? So that's God's sovereign orchestration of things and His plan and all of this. So it kind of goes down the chain or uses one person to bless many people in that sense, right? Well, I think that's what God wants us to do with love and mercy. God's given us that love and mercy. He's basically, quote-unquote, donated to us, right? It could be that God has us believers in certain situations, maybe opportunities we can call it, maybe they're not great situations, dealing with enemies and all, but perhaps that's an opportunity because God has blessed us with so much love and mercy that He wants us to be able to bless someone else with this love and mercy, especially those who least deserve it. So think about it that way. When Jesus says love your enemies, think about how like the pasta was donated so it could come here and be don't don't spread out. Well God had donated to you plenty, right? Choke, love and mercy and grace. So that we can now take that in whatever situation, give that out. And love your enemies. All in all, we're transformed people and God wants us to be people of God. And so God has put that in us already, you know. And the Holy Spirit is what? The fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one? Love, right? And that love is to flow out. So, and we're closing up here. Let us not be controlled 
by our old flesh no longer. Let's not be like how the world operates. Let us not be influenced even by the world. But let us live differently. Yeah? Be controlled by the Spirit in obedience to the Word that we may fulfill God's plan for us. I'll close with this. I read about a man who every day purchased a newspaper from this particular newsstand in a big city. And he would always greet the attendant very nicely, but in return, the paper was just rudely shoved in his face, and this bad-tempered guy would just make all this kind of comments and stuff. And, And the man would just politely smile and wish the attendant a nice day. A friend who came and walked with him one day uh, one morning, saw all this transpire and said, does he always treat you like this? And the man like, yeah, unfortunately so. And the friend said, and are you always polite and friendly to him every day? And the man goes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes I am. And so the friend asked, why are you so nice when he's so rude to you? And here's how, how the man answered. Because I don't want him to decide how I'm going to act. I love that. You know who decides? You have that choice to follow what Jesus is saying here. You can't control what the other person does, but you can control how you act. And how should we act? With that in mind, we need to do all we can to love your enemies. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word, God. In many ways, it hits home, Lord. It speaks to our heart in many situations and whether it's some quote-unquote enemy maybe at work or or in a situation at home, family member, a neighbor. Maybe, um, I don't know, I think about when you surf and there's those guys out there, oh, you you hate them. Or maybe it's it's, uh, uh, driving down the road and those quote-unquote enemies that cut you off and get you angry and make you hate, hate them. Lord, whatever that situation is, God, help us to humble ourselves before you because who are we to be judge and jury and executioner? God, we don't deserve nothing from you, yet you've given us mercy and grace. And So tonight, God, Remind us of that, and not only that, fill our hearts with that, Lord, with enough mercy to give out, enough grace, Lord, to be able to give out, to empower us with the agape love that flows from you, to be able to love our enemies, to love those around us who who have hurt us, who have said spiteful things to us, who've, who've done things that that we're still sore about and a wound still feels fresh today even though it happened long ago. God, heal us and help us to obey you. And I know the Holy Spirit is here to empower us, God. Lord, you do not just leave us out there alone, but what you call us to do, you give us the ability to do, and that's what I ask for right now. Change us right now. Transform us, God. I pray over everyone here tonight and those connected online, those listening in, God, that if they're struggling in this, Lord, may your spirit go out right now. May they feel your touch, God. May they feel the spirit 
filling them. May the power of the resurrection come upon them and may they know that you are there and you will help. And we only need to obey, to step out, to take that step and to love. Jesus, you've done so much for us. God, you died on a cross and you gave your all. And how much more are you going to help us live the life you want us to live? And in this crazy world, Lord, there are enemies. But God, help us to do what you did to love enemies. In Jesus' name, amen.